Hello and welcome to SawCast. I'm your host, Josh, and today we have with us the Executive Director of Save a Warrior, Ray Chad Bonetta. How you doing, Ray? Good, Josh. Thanks for having me out. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Before we get started, though, let's take a quick moment for some housekeeping. Less than a month from now, on March 13th and 14th, the Duke Charity Golf Tournament presented by our friends at the Rock Hill Insurance Company will kick off in Palma Valley Country Club in California. That's Duke as in John Wayne. So if golf is your thing or you're a John Wayne fan, please stop by and show some support for the work Save a Warrior is putting into helping our service members, veterans, and first responders. But more importantly, and the reason why events like this are happening, is because of Cohort 041 going live at the end of this month. Cohort's an amazing time for Save a Warrior and the reason why we all are doing what we do. So keep watching, listening, and supporting. And you can do that by going to savewarrior.org and clicking donate at the top of the screen or the links for various podcasts, YouTube videos are going to be going up to highlight this cohort as it happens. You can also find us on Facebook at savewarrior-saw in quotations, on Twitter with at Save a Warrior and on Instagram with Save a Warrior Saw using underscores for the spaces. And now all that's taken care of and we're all pumped for cohort 041. Let's go ahead and talk to the executive director of Saw, Ray Chad Vanetta. Ray, thank you again so much for coming to talk to us. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Sure. So born and raised Columbus, Ohio, Midwest guy. I joined the active duty army right out of high school as a Ford observer in the late 90s, got off active duty, joined the Ohio Army National Guard, continued to be a Ford observer until I went to officer candidate school in 2004. That's where I met Jake Clark, our founder, and then I continued on. I tested into the flight program and went to flight school at Fort Rucker, Alabama to fly Blackhawks. I came back from Fort Rucker, got a full-time job at our flight facility here in Columbus, and I've been flying uh, for about 13, almost 14 years now. Uh, been doing instructor pilot work, been on the deployment downrange, and um, and a plethora of other things here at our uh, flight facility in, in my aviation community. And I was asked by Jake to be the executive director in late 2015, so I've been doing the work for about a year and three or four months now as the executive director of Save a Warrior. So as far as your affiliation with Save a Warrior, how exactly did you go to a cohort before? Absolutely. I went through cohort 007, and I was actually out in L.A. taking in a Dodgers and a Lakers game with a good friend of mine here in Ohio. I hadn't linked up with Jake, and I wanted to. You know, We stayed connected on social media and whatnot over the years, and I got out there. He's like, hey, man, I want you to check out a program. And mind you, we're at a Dodgers game behind home plate right in the middle of the game, and he keeps talking to me. He's like, hey, man, I got this pro new program I started earlier this year. I really think you'd like it. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he started talking about petting a pony, <laughs> and I just was <laughs> like, dude, what? And so when he said that, he got my attention, And so, which is the equine, the horsework that we do mm -hmm. uh, in our program. And so he got my attention through that, and I'm like, oh, yeah. And, he, and so he sold it as, hey – why don't you come out and check my program out? Because everything that he saw in my life was going great. 
oh, you're a pilot, you're an officer, you've been downrange on a combat deployment, and uh, things that he didn't realize that one of my helicopters crashed and killed a kid on the deployment. Two of my good friends, one was a good friend and the other one was a friend and mentor, got blown up in Afghanistan the year prior to me seeing Jake. And uh, my best friend had killed himself. And those are three huge things that I've dealt with in my life that I didn't realize were bothering me as much as it as much as they were. And so I went through the program and it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. And I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I'd be here if I wouldn't have went through the program. Wow. You laid out a lot right there. So thank you, first and foremost, for for laying that out, because that's that's not easy to talk about that stuff. For those that might be listening for the very first time, save a warrior, what's the equal sign after that? It could be a lot of things. We've been called a reverse boot camp. We've been called a war detox. But I think for me, it's a good way for guys and gals to reset. What it does, in my personal opinion, is we talk about the hero's journey in the program, right? Each hero has to walk his or her journey. And we depart from the known world when we leave society. And often, especially the 9-11 vets, the majority of all of us have been sent downrange. And then we go to the abyss, which is combat. And then we come back and we don't fully reintegrate to society. That's the part that Sable Warrior works on, that we can get you reconnected. And it's like that reset that's you know, in an aircraft, we, we call it a power on reset. Want to reset it in a Blackhawk, but it's like doing a power on reset or rebooting your computer. It's not that you change anything inside the computer. It's just, hey, man, you had to get a quick reset, press and hold the power button for 10 seconds, let it sit for a minute, hit power again, and, and then power back up. And I think that's the best way to explain it because a lot of times folks come to our program and they're like, oh, this isn't quite what I expected. It's very mm -hmm. common sense. I think when they get there and then they see the schedule, they're like, oh, wow, okay, nothing's hokey, nothing's weird. But, you know, you start talking about equine and pre-trauma and mandalas. I'm like, what's a mandala? What is that? And so when you start, if you've never heard it, talking about ceremony or ritual, you know, getting married is ceremonious and it's a ritual. And I think some of the, that language, people are like, well, what, is, what? I don't understand. What is this? So I guess the bottom line of what I'm trying to get to is it's that last piece to fully reintegrate you back into society. There's been such a progression here, and I know that this question has been asked time and time again. There's a lot to break down within those phrases. If there's anything that shocked me when I was sitting in that seat, the first thing that was asked to me was by Brian Haggerty when he had a, he had a little Nerf ball and he was tossing it to everybody saying, are you open? Of course, you know, with with a sports reference, he's tossing the ball at everybody saying, are you open? And he's just chucking that little Nerf ball at us like, hey, you open? It's almost like this precursor of, look, this is going to be tough. Josh, I think that, you know, Brian Haggerty, and to piggyback on what you just said, you know, Brian said it a long time ago, we can't save them all, but we can help them all save themselves. And essentially, you know, I I'm almost 40. We've had guys, Vietnam vets, that are 30 years my senior go through this program. I'm not there to teach them how to be a man in life. I'm there to open their eyes, and they have to do the work. They have to do the realization. They have to come face-to-face -face with what they're dealing with in their life. 
And, you know, and people were like, well, why does Save a Warrior work? And I said, you know what? I don't know. If I was to guess why it works, I think it's three things. Okay. One, we have compassion. We have empathy. And if you ever meet Brian Haggerty, you just want to hug him because he's like a big teddy bear. And he, <laughs> he's the first guy that him or Jake are, uh, are one of the first two guys that you talk to. You meet us. You meet all the warriors that have sat in the seat. Every one of us have sat in the seat. We create this safe space. Right. And we go around the room and like, let me tell you, I'm not there to tell war stories, but I'm going to tell you about all the traumas that I've had. And guys are like, wow, you look like you're well put together. And I'm like, yeah. But the part you don't realize is I was in my room walling myself in with a 45 by my bed to defend myself, thinking at the same time is like, am I going to kill myself tonight? Because that's the struggles I was going through. But we create this safe space where I can tell these guys that and they can tell me the same thing. Or tell the group the same thing and share those things without feel like they're going to get reprised from what happened. So that's the first thing is we create a safe space, one. Two, and I think you would agree with me, going through the program, during the week you have an aha moment. So we create a dozen or more times where these warriors can have an aha moment, whether it's jumping off the leap of faith, whether it's uh, doing the high V and having to trust and depend on a partner, which maybe you haven't trusted anybody in a long time. It could be during real talk when we watch, uh, when we unpack movies and it's just like, oh man. And it hits you and hits, hits you right in the face like a Mack truck. And you're like, wow, I relate to that. I've been isolating myself this whole entire time. I need to fix that. So one of these moments creates an aha moment for the warrior in the seat where it's like, Aha, I got to stop doing that and I got to start acting like this. Typically, we also piggyback that with, you know, we tell them to come in and get the power and the wisdom to serve others. And essentially, you know, that's what we want to do. And it's like, hey, quit worrying about yourself so much. And when you start worrying about others, that's when the secret sauce to life is really going to, you're going to find that secret sauce that makes you happy. And then lastly, so the safe space, the aha moment, and then lastly, we build a tribe around these guys because more often than not, when you leave the service, you lose your tribe. You're away from everybody else and you're isolated. You're by yourself. Nobody's checking in on you. Maybe they are. Maybe some of your, your boys are checking on you, but most of them are all still in the, in the, in the military machine getting ground up mm. you, until they get home. You go to the VA. You go to think you're going to get a job, what you think you're going to get. It doesn't work out. People don't understand you, and you're not reintegrated to, into society. And Sebastian Younger, he writes a book called Tribe, which really lends insight to our culture because there's such a small minority that more often than not we're forgot about, and people in society don't know how to deal with us, and people don't know what we've been through. You know, World War II, all those guys, they came back, and it's like, you know, all the school teachers and all the politicians and all the workers and all those guys, they all went to combat. So they all, you know, knew what each other were going through. Nowadays, I look around the room and I'm looking for the guy with the multicam hat or, you know, some identifier of a 9-11 OEF, OIF vet. We, we wear that stuff a lot. And that's the guy I'm going to probably gravitate to, whether it's in the gym, in a public setting, wherever. So anyway, building a tribe around the warrior the aha moment, the safe space. I think that's why Save a Warrior works. 
it's really interesting the stuff that you bring together. It definitely seems like there is a lot of development and a lot of evolution that's taken place. There has to be a lot of organization behind the scenes, behind the saw curtain, behind the saw backdrop. There has to be a well-oiled, well-functioning machine, and it seems like that that's something that's come together. I would agree with you, Josh, and I thank Jake Clark specifically for letting me fill this role. You know, he came to me in November of 15, and uh, we had some restructuring of the organization. And one of the things that we talked about was we wanted to steer it towards warrior led, one, and then two, that you, Josh, could show up to the program and you're like, hey, man, I haven't shepherded for a while. And I say, hey, well, you know what? I want you to do mandalas with a cohort. And so I could give you the, the Shepherd's Playbook, and you could read and unpack that for them. And you're like, oh, I remember doing all this. We're guiding them through the process. And, and that's what that Shepherd's Playbook has done. And then also, you know, Brian Haggerty, I can't thank that guy enough because he does so much work on the back end to make sure that these cohorts go off. The guys in the cohorts have no idea how much work goes into making sure that they sit in those seats. They have no idea, and we streamline the process every single time, and it's, and it's a continual process that we're getting better and better and better at. And basically what it boils down to is we've standardized the bullet points. So, yeah, it's all coming together, and I think that it actually – it's building a closer team because we're all going in the same direction with the same mindset. The teamwork is just absolutely wonderful. As, as you know, it's all coming together really well. As far as your experiences moving forward with Save a Warrior, what kind of major changes would you say have taken place so far within that, I guess, span of a year, year and a half now? So, yeah, I think there's been quite a bit. I think the first first and foremost is adding a little bit of organization. I think one of the things that my skill set lends itself to is getting organized and putting everything in order. Just for an example – uh, build a shepherd's playbook. I had some folks in the Save a Warrior community help me, and we put together a uh, shepherd's playbook, which is essentially a, an SOP on how we conduct cohorts, and it outlines everything, all the cliff notes. And so we really streamlined doing the cohorts and how we do them. So that's one is the shepherd's playbook, and uh, hats off to Josie and Whitney for helping me get that done and everybody else that helped me uh, draft it up, Jake and Doc Mike. You know, we're all on the hook to do the back end work. And I, and I think it's, and, and it shows, I, one, it shows because it's our focus, but two, because we have a lot more bodies doing the work and uh, going in the same direction. Well, we are certainly thankful to have had you here today, Ray. And a big thank you for all of you listening. We hope that you have gotten something from this podcast and maybe gotten a few questions answered along the way. Remember to check us out on SaveAWarrior.org and follow the links for social media there. As I mentioned before, Cohort 041 is coming up and will probably be live by the time you're hearing this. So now is the best time to check Saw out and witness what can happen. Until next time, I hope you all take care of yourselves and have nothing but the best in life. I'll catch you later. Gave up everything to fight for your freedom Not for recognition, he knows you need him The courage that got him there was enough to get him home But now that he's back, he's never felt so alone One is one too many But everyday heroes take their own lives 
Why doesn't anyone listen when a soldier cries? They're taking bullets for you. They ran through hell for you. They gave up everything needing a little help from you. You don't have to know their name to pray for a soldier in pain. To pray. To deal with the things he's done, nobody's told him he's not the only one. Four pounds of pressure beneath a trigger finger away from clearing his memory. One is one too many, but every day heroes take their own lives. Why doesn't anyone sing soldier cry? Taking bullets for ya, they've been through hell for ya. They gave up everything and need a little help from you. You don't have to know their name to pray for a soldier. They're taking bullets for ya, they've been through hell for ya. They gave up everything and need a little help from you. You don't have to know. For recognition, he knows you need him. 